0: Good morning, church. And everyone's well. Um, so our topic for this month has been unshakable faith. Um, and Todd kicked us off last week, um, describing what faith was and how it affects the way we live. Um, namely, how we should trust God. Um, that's where we put our faith in to to live the life um of belief and and hope in him um so we're going to continue that theme this week but we're gonna zero in on a particular part of faith that i believe will ground us in having unshakable faith um so the topic or the title should i say of today's um of sermon is justification by faith um i think it's an important doctrine for us to to believe and and to to hold um, and that will ground us in having unshakable faith by first realizing that we are justified by faith in God. So um, uh, where we'll be reading from is Romans 3, um, verse 21 to the end. But before we read, just a little bit of background. So the Book of Romans was written, um, what most people believe, by Paul. Um, and here he's talking to um the dispersion of believers, both Jews and Gentiles, and he's essentially telling them um, that they're, they they are justified by faith. So, like the the guess the theme that kind of um, encapsulate the whole of Romans is Romans one verse sixteen, which I'm sure is familiar to all of us, um, especially those who did Sunday school here. Um, so I'll just quickly read it. So Romans one verse sixteen and seventeen. So for I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to Jew and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And that last section in Romans 17, you might be familiar to peoples in Habakkuk. So there's a way that people who believe in Jesus live, they live by faith, right? Even if they don't see everything that um, faith in God um, accomplishes, such as like our new bodies, right? We, we live in the knowledge that in one day will come, for um, as uh, for example, so um, as he's talking to this church full of both um, Gentiles and Jews, he lets them know that their condition is uh, exactly the same. So first of all, he talks to the Romans, and that's um, the Gentiles, sorry, between verse 18 and verse, at the end of, of Romans one, where he lets them know that it is clear that God is, exists and that, he, that he's real and that they, they, they can know him through creation. Um, and he lets them know that as a result of them rejecting God that they're in sin. And in the Romans two, he goes on to the Jews who think that they are in a better position than the Gentiles because they had the covenants and, and the law and, and prophets. But Paul actually says that you're actually in worse p- um, condition because not only did you have nature to testify about me, but you also had my law and my prophets and my priests who you rejected so he starts off by saying that if you think that you condemn them who do um, sin how much more you who do the same things and had all these things um to warn you and to to let you know about myself so we get to romans 3 now where he says um he starts off by answering like an objection that they may have so a f- common theme throughout romans is Paul asking hypothetical questions and then answering them himself. So one of the hypothetical questions that he asks is, um, so if the Jews are in the same condition as the Gentiles, he's like, what, what benefit is it being a Jew? And he answers that by saying, oh, is beneficial in every way. At the beginning of Romans three, he says that the benefit of, of being, a, or, or being a Jew is that you had the covenants, you had circumcision, these things which were identifiers of the covenant that you had with God, right? But that your unfaithfulness doesn't nullify God's faithfulness. So just because some people rejected those covenants doesn't mean that God is unfaithful. Um, rejecting God's faithfulness is not a, <coughs> excuse me, is not a reflection of God, it's a reflection of the person who rejects God's faithfulness. So that's why he says in verse 4: Let God be true and let every man be a liar. Right? So he ends by um by saying in Romans um three, verse. Uh, 10, that no one is righteous, not even one. So he concludes by saying both Jews and Gentiles have the same condition, they're sinners before God. And as a result, we are doomed, right? He ends by by, by saying that no one is justified by the works of the law, right? Um, Because through the law, we we understand that we're we're sinners, right, and there's nothing we can do about it. And that's how we begin. So we'll read Romans 3, verse 21 to, to 31. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, attested by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, since there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God presented him as the mercy seat by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time, so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting, it is excluded. By what kind of law? By one of works? No, on the contrary, by the law of faith. For we conclude that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too, since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then nullify the law through faith? Absolutely not. On the contrary, we uphold the law. So we see <coughs> in verse 21 and 22, right, that God, righteousness has been revealed in Jesus Christ apart from the law and the prophets. So the law and the prophets um, talks um, a bit attest to the Old Testament, right? So the law is not just God's moral standard, the 10 commandments, but it's the Torah, right? So it's God's principles, God's instruction, right? And God's righteousness was revealed through that, but it's also perfectly or more, more perfectly revealed through Jesus Christ um, and we see that as he, pun- as he is punished in Jesus on the cross, right? That, that, that's what um, 21 is talking about. And he says that in 22, the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus. And so we attain this righteousness that's been revealed in Jesus on the cross by believing in Jesus first. And Paul is saying that this is open to both the Jews and the Gentiles. So at the, at the time, there was, there was a bit of tension between them because the Jews... Um, were were being told that they they believe in in Jesus they are saved but they also have were holding on to their their um their their the traditions thank you their traditions so the covenants and the ceremonies that they they used to the gentiles were also being told they believe in Jesus they are saved but they didn't have those ceremonies to to hold on to so there was tension by Jews telling the gentiles that you to be saved you also have to do these ceremonies too right But Paul here is saying that you attain righteousness not because of those ceremonies that you do or the traditions that we had, but just by faith in Jesus alone. And he ends by saying there is no distinction. So it's open to everybody, right? So verse 23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So that reiterates what 22 says, the end of it. All have sinned and all have fallen short. So all need to believe in Christ for righteousness. And this righteousness justifies us freely. So we do not have to do anything to attain this righteousness apart from believing the one who, who got it for us, which is Jesus. When Jesus died and said, it is finished, um, what he was getting for us is this righteousness that is that the Old Testament was prophesying about and is now revealed perfectly in Jesus. Um, so as he defeated sin for us, by believing in him, we, we receive it. That's what verse 24 is saying. They, those who believe, are justified freely by His grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, and this is like a, re- a reiterating theme throughout Romans, right? That He's letting the Gentiles and the Jews know that this grace is free. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to do any ceremony to attach to believing to to attain it. You get it freely by just believing in Jesus. And he's and and then Paul goes on to tell us how this happened. So God presented Him, Jesus, as the mercy seat um you might recognize that word from the old testament where they would um shed blood over it when they were um <coughs> offering atonement sacrifices and it's only through God, jesus's blood who, which, which was shed on the cross by believing in his um in his sacrifice for us we receive this righteousness right and what is important here is that in the old testament obviously there was there was they repeated the sacrifices um each year to receive atonement but it was insufficient as hebrews will tell us right but we see here for those who um would look to verse 21 and see that this righteousness which the law and the prophets spoke about um and also throughout the old testament they would have seen that death in, as in genesis says that um sin um, produces death it doesn't make sense how people didn't die for everyone that sinned that's what paul just told them But Paul says here in verse 25, that God showed his restraint or his patience by passing over sins previously committed. And he did that because God wasn't reacting to our sin. So we didn't sin and God said, okay, I need to do something about it. But instead, verse 26 tells us that God presented Jesus to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time. So in the cross, it's not just about us being redeemed from sin, but it's also demonstrating God's righteousness, right? so the world the whole world can see that what god thinks about sin right that god hates it that god despises it that he sent his own son in human flesh to die for it right so he vindicates himself so throughout history where god has been patient and has allowed people to continuously sin against him and not get the full brunt of of what we deserve by sinning god shows in christ not only his love but also his justice, so he's he's showing everybody here that I am actually righteous, though, and so we can trust him, right? That's what he says at the, at the second part of verse 26, so that he, God, would be both just, so that means that people will not say that, oh, I can sin and, and get away with it, because he punished sin on the cross, and also just the justifier, so the one who is sinful can still be justified because he, the sin has been paid for right so he's letting the people who might be detracting from um god who uh, um, by saying that he that he lets sin um be passed over he's saying no he didn't pass it over because he's vindicated himself on on the cross so those who have faith in jesus don't have their sins just forgotten about they have their sins dealt with in jesus so that's why in verse 27 he says that we can't boast because we didn't do anything right if if we um if we don't earn and work for our salvation through doing good things or doing ceremonies, then we can't boast in anything. So he says in verse 27, where then is boasting? It is excluded. But what kind of law? By one of works? No, on the contrary, by a law of faith, right? So, th- so, the, so, the law, so the word law here is by the, what principle, right? Is it by works that we're saved? Paul goes, no. It's by believing in Jesus that we are saved, right? And then he says in verse 28, for we conclude that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. So he's reiterating this. For the Jews to be able to say, you need to stop telling the Gentiles, you need to do ceremonies, you need to get circumcised, because you don't need to get, you don't need to do those things. You can do those things if you want to, but don't let those things be kind of like um, a, a product of your faith or a byproduct of your of, of your faith. Um, Those things are are okay, they're helpful, but they do not save you, only faith in Christ does. So he says in verse 29, or is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? He's also the God of the Gentiles. So this is to help ease the tensions that are presently between the Jews and the Gentiles, right? God God saved both of you in the exact same way through faith in him so you you can have peace there's covenant relationship now which is what ephesians 2 talks about and let's go and read it so ephesians 2 from verse 11. ephesians 2 from verse 11. so paul was writing to the church in ephesus and he says this so then remember that at one time you were gentiles in the flesh um, in, in, this, in this term Gentiles here is um, talking about in being in the world, right, me. So in the flesh called the uncircumcised, that's spiritually uncircumcised, by those called the uncircumcised, sorry, by those called the circumcised, so by those in, in in the covenant relationship, so God's chosen people, the Jews, which is done in the flesh by human hands. At that time you are without Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel, of spiritual israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise without hope and without god in the world but now in christ jesus you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of christ for he is our peace who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility in his flesh he made of no effect the law consisting of commands and expressed in regulations so that he might make create in himself one new man from the two resulting in peace. He did this so that he might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross by which he put the hostility to death. He came proclaimed, he came and proclaimed the good news of peace to you who are far away, the Gentiles, and to peace to those who were near, the Jews. And this is the most important one. For through him, verse 18, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So this is what Paul is reiterating to them that we don't get to Jesus in different ways. We get to Jesus the same way by believing and trusting in him. And this and this produces and this produces peace between even those who are the, the biggest of enemies. So 30 says, since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the circumcised through faith, do we then nullify the law through faith? Absolutely not. On the contrary, we uphold the law. So Paul is saying here that through faith both of us are justified, right? Whether we are circumcised or uncircumcised. And that does not mean that we don't that we now nullify the law that God has given to his people, right? So God's moral commandments don't justify us, but they do demonstrate our righteousness that we have in him, right? So we are called to represent God, we're called to, to um, proclaim his glory, and not only in, in what we believe, but in how we live, right? So. Paul here is saying that just because you have, you're justified by faith in Christ doesn't mean that you can do whatever you like. The law is now useless, but the law now has a different value to those who are in Christ. We don't use it to justify us, but we use it to now live in a way that shows our righteousness. So how this links to unshakable faith is if we're gonna have faith that is really unshakable, Faith that trusts God in every circumstance, right? We need to then know who is the one who holds our faith. If we have faith in our faith, our faith will crumble because it will be dependent on the days that we are good, right? So when you have a have a good day, you're gonna you're gonna feel strong. The days you have a bad day, you may not pray as much as you are liked, or you may have snapped at somebody when you shouldn't have done, you're gonna feel like you don't have faith anymore. But Paul lets us know that the ground of our faith is not in believing in Jesus, but in Jesus himself right so when we believe in Jesus himself right we will be unshakable because Christ is unshakable so when we trust in him that he justifies us then we're able to have faith in other areas right because we know that my good days don't make me better my bad days don't make me worse it's Jesus right so we don't put faith in our works and and, and it's easy to do that right we can say that we're justified by faith but it's very easy for us that when someone asks you why do you feel secure? You say that oh, because I pray a lot, right? And that's you trusting in what you do rather than in Jesus. So we need to remember um, what Paul is saying here: that it is God who justifies the one who has faith in Jesus. So we 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 want to have an, an unshakable faith that's rooted in 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 Jesus and not in ourselves. Um. So so how we do that is. By, by looking to the one who, who conquered for us, um, by looking to the one who was presented to God as, as a mercy seat and to see um, how God has was so patient, so patient and so kind throughout the Old Testament, waiting for the right time to present Jesus as the savior of the whole world. If we go back to um, 25, it says, God presented him, Jesus, as the mercy seat by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his restraint, he passed over the sins previously committed. Now, if we look at the Old Testament, just from a kind of like bird's eye view, we can think of insane atrocities that should have resulted in death, right? Romans um, 6 tells us that the wages of sin is death. So everyone should have died. Like everyone should have died. And and God was, was insanely patient. So when people, um will say that the Old Testament God is different from the New Testament God. You can point them to Romans 25 and say, nope, he was kind and he and he was patient with people who rejected him over and over again, including his own covenant people, because he saw he knew that Jesus was coming to save people who would trust in him. And he and he's and he's willing and ready to do that over and over and over and over again. He's willing and ready to justify people who have who have who will have faith in him. And also, he is just. And, and Jackie Hill probably says this that if God is holy, then he is trustworthy because he will not let himself down, so he won't let me down, right? So, God in Christ on the cross was demonstrating not only that he saves sinners, but that he's also good. And if he is good, then we can have faith in him that no matter what I go through, he will work it out for my good because it is working out for his good, right? So, we can trust him even in the most um dire circumstances right because god is faithful so we can wait f- on, on him because he waited even when people he created for himself to demonstrate his glory did the opposite right that's what rumors one tells us that we exchanged the glory of the creator for the creation and people did that over and over again and didn't die right so we we should be so um amazed at god's restraint um, if God is this holy and this righteous that he took himself down from heaven to die for us um, and, and, and then to, to woo us to himself then if he can save us when we didn't ask for him then we can trust him with everything else in our lives so finally um, we can pray for unshakable faith but we need to have faith that's first of all rooted in in, in God and in rooted and grounded in Him. And once our faith is rooted and grounded in Him, then everything else will have stable ground ultimately. So whether it is looking for a new job or thinking about your health or thinking about getting married, let us um, look to Jesus who justifies us Um, and and cause us justified we are called justified by having faith in Jesus that is a title doesn't get taken away from 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 us we are justified in him that is our um, that is our title now so when Satan um, accuses us he accuses us falsely because our name is justified but our sins have been forgotten they've been dealt with Um, so that that is that, that should give you unshakable faith, right? That God didn't just discard your sins and they could be found somewhere. They've been dealt with. Um, and since they've been dealt with, um, we can respond to Satan and say that I'm justified. And as a result, I'm justified. My faith can be um, unshakable. God bless you.